Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for April the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Sam Bushman. This is our one of two in our goal always, to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America. That's our guide, ladies and gentlemen. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right We've got to work on solutions. We have got to work together to make a difference. We have got to put our efforts in place. And the problem that I see in America right now there's just simply not enough Americans in the game. And, you know, I've been talking to people left and right. And, you know, it really is starting to bug me. I get calls over and over and over. Sam, I heard you talking about the IRS yesterday. Wow. You know, I don't know why you think we can't beat the IRS. I beat them all the time. And I this and I that. And, oh, Sam, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to the driver's license issue. I I haven't had my driver's license for 27 years. And, oh, Sam, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to blah, blah, blah. You know, the sovereign citizen movement. You don't really know uh, what it is. You don't know how to define it. You And everywhere. And then when I really dig in with someone, anyone, they don't have the mojo to back up what they're saying. All right. So let me give you an example. We had a great guy on, a great listener, and we dug into the sovereignty movement, what a sovereign person really was. And that the term sovereign citizen is really a contradiction in terms. Uh, And we went into that. I I even had a guest on about it for two hours. It was great, great information. But he first started out saying, Sam, you're not right about this. And at the end of the day, he says, well, Sam, you're right. I just think you need to dig in a little more and explain a little more to the people about what a real sovereign is and what we've got to do for solutions. Okay, I get that. But I'm not wrong in the first place. All right, with the IRS, I just had a, a discussion with a guy yesterday. He's like, oh, Sam, I can beat the IRS. Here's all you need to do. You need to fill out the seven-page affidavit. You need to turn that in, or you got to do this, or you got to do that. And I said, you know, I appreciate that you've got the exception and that you won. I'm grateful about that. I really am happy for you about that. But you know what? That isn't the only deal. 
you're still in jeopardy right now. Uh, you know, how do you know that, that, they, that you've really won, that they're going to leave this alone? So you never know with your government if you've really won. That's part of the problem that I'm speaking out about. Even if you manage to beat the IRS today, how do you know they won't just violate the law and attack you tomorrow? See, what I'm getting at is we've got so many rogue agents in government now. These rogue agents literally don't obey the law. You can't hold them off by using the law. So even if you do understand the IRS and you know what paperwork to file, I'm not debating the IRS is criminal and that you're not right. You are right in many cases. But I'm also right in that government just runs roughshod over people. They just destroy you. Somebody would say, well, Sam, they could destroy you anyways. And my response is, you know what? They can. Look, I've been attacked by the IRS, the USDA, and the FCC, all three at the same time. Don't tell me I don't know about their attacks. I do know. Okay? And, and I'm telling you, do you want to die on a given hill? You pick the IRS hill, and I'm telling you, you're going to lose your house. You're going to lose everything you have. And you're going to be in a massive, lifelong court battle with them. They will wear you down. They will run you out of money. They will destroy everything that you've got. And they will eventually then rob you of fighting for liberty because they'll have you so tied up in that one trick pony or that one single issue battle that you won't be able to fight for freedom. And I tell people this to ad nauseum. People say, Sam, you don't know what you're talking about. When we dig in, it turns out they, they do know that I know what I'm talking about, and they have to admit it. So the guy that I was talking to yesterday, for example, told me how he could beat the IRS. And I said, well, tell me about Erwin Schiff, good friend of mine who's now passed away who – you know, couldn't beat the IRS. What about Lou Epton? Uh, what about these talk show hosts? That, what about, well, Sam, uh, Larry Beecraft beat them. I beat them. You, know, you have temporarily, I get it, and I'm grateful for those um, exceptions. I'm grateful for those wins that happen by exception. I, I'm really pleased about that. But you know what? That doesn't mean that the other, for every one person that's successful, there's a 1,000 people that go down and melt down. Is it that you have all your ducks in a row that you're right? Or have they chosen, because you're right on the point, to withhold your case? In other words, to dismiss the ones and the twos and the threes so that they don't have to admit that the government's the one that's rogue. I'm not debating that the government's not rogue. I'm not debating that you're wrong on the issue or the point, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm arguing is that people get in trouble and lose what they have. People get so wrapped up in these single-issue arguments that they lose sight of what's really important in my opinion about fighting for the sacred cause of liberty they can't see the forest to the trees for instance there's a lot of terms that could be used to kind of articulate what i'm speaking of right but but i'm telling you that this idea to die on a single hill in 99 out of 100 cases is folly is foolishness why do i say 99 out of 100 because i'm not god and i can't tell you what you should do but I can use my influence and the microphone that I have to keep people out of trouble. So at the end of the day with this guy yesterday, we drilled in. And he beat the IRS. And he doesn't have a Social Security number. And he doesn't have a driver's license. And he goes on and on. Fine. So he's off the grid 100%. Well, not really, because then I said to him, how do you pay your bills? Well, it turns out he pays his bills with Federal Reserve notes. So my response is, let me get this straight. You don't have all the instruments of the Federal Reserve note. You don't have the Social Security number. You're not going to be responsible for the debt. You're not going to, but yet you're going to use the Federal Reserve notes, huh? Well, yes, yeah, Sam, I have to. I don't have any other choice. 
is what he said to me. And that nails the very point I'm getting at. You cannot completely opt out of their system. And what makes the Social Security system and paying back the debt uh, worse than using the debt? See, every time you have a $100 bill, a $20 bill, a $10, $5, $1 bill in your hand, it represents debt. So you're going to use the instruments of debt, but you're just not going to be responsible with the rest of us to pay back that debt. Is that how it works? See, and that's the problem that I have with it, ladies and gentlemen, is that you cannot really live outside of their system. You cannot really completely live outside of their world. It's not possible. They're dishonest, and they will force you onto that plantation. Well, Sam, wait a minute. I fought them over the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and I told them I wasn't a slave and that I didn't have to have um, be subject to their forced servitude, which to which I never agreed. And Okay, we go round and round and round with the latest argument. I've been at this for over 25 years, ladies and gentlemen. And we go round and round and round and round the issue, and only to come back to the same issue, which is, well, you can't really get all the way out of the system. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's why I'm saying to you, people, that I don't see any way you can get out of their system. Uh, anyway, I appreciate the efforts that people are making to try to get out of the system. But I really honestly don't have any confidence whatsoever I ladies and gentlemen want you to understand that I don't believe you can get out of the system entirely. I really don't. And I know people that have won on certain technicalities at the IRS, but just because Larry Beecraft is a good attorney and he can win on occasion, they win on technicalities nine times out of ten. The government never lets you get the real issues in front of the courts. Right? And so you never get real closure. You get one case wonders, and I'm grateful for them. And I don't mean to mock them. I don't use that term offensively. I'm just telling you. And we think it applies to everybody that it'll be case precedent setting and that, you know what, you're going to get due process and you're going to get, no, no, no. These criminals are not interested in your due process. Do you read me loud and clear, ladies and gentlemen? They're not interested in due process for you. The only way the IRS beats American citizens because they violate due process and literally violate the law. Okay? I've got personal friends right now that have lost homes to the IRS, and they're still in court and have never had their real fair court date. They've never really had due process of law. Nevertheless, they don't have a place to live. Nevertheless, their bank accounts are seized. Nevertheless, they have all kinds of orders. Stay away from this house. Stay away from this church. Stay away from these people. They have restraining orders left and right. This is what I'm talking about, folks. Look, don't go after the sovereignty movement and pretend that somehow you have these individual liberties that let you opt out of the obligations of the rest of us. You might get it on a technicality here or there, but you're dealing with rogue government agents that don't obey the law and don't respect due process that's what you're dealing with ladies and gentlemen
Hang tight, more in seconds. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, man, so much going on in the news, it's just not even funny. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people are losing everything they have on the altar of liberty. And you know what? I love it when it's absolutely necessary and justified. But I don't like it. When I feel like people are being betrayed or deceived or manipulated uh, and, and what they do is they end up losing what they have, hoping to fight for the sacred cause of liberty, really meaning to be on the best side. But your government is your enemy when they are rogue and they entrap you. And the IRS is one example. There's not due process in the IRS. Okay. And you know what? If you can get due process, you're lucky as could be. You're one in a million. You're the exception. And I'm glad for that. Uh, if you manage to drive around without a driver's license by filing some paperwork that says, hey, I'm not subject uh, to the motor vehicle code or whatever, and they decide to let you go because they don't want to push the issue and challenge the law. Look, they're the rogue agents. I get it. But I also get that, you know what? Most people, you know, and somebody says, well, I beat them. That doesn't mean that it works in all 3,000 counties across the country. That doesn't mean that it works in all 50 constitutional republics are all jurisdictions, okay? I'm glad that you won. I really am. But don't pretend it works in all jurisdictions. You get another judge that's a little more hostile to that, and he'll just simply say you're in contempt of court. 
Shut up. Get out of here. Sit down. You're in jail, son. No, you can't represent yourself. You can't go pro se. No, you can't do this. You can't do that. And they literally deny due process and manipulate the law because, remember, they're rogue. So, anyway, I don't mean to go off on this forever, but I'm, I'm, I'm really getting sick of calls where people want to call me and correct me on these points. You're not going to call me and correct me. I've been at this too long. Okay, you can find exceptions. You can find circumstances. You can show me in the law where you're right. I'm maintaining to you that that does not matter. They don't believe in due process. They will hold you in contempt of court. They do have their corporate court law lies going on. They do have their lawyers pass the bar, which means you better not challenge too much the judges and or what we're doing. We might let you win a case here and there to advance your career. But you're not really going to win, attorney, because if you really start winning, it reminds me of kind of like the gambling casinos in Vegas. You know, if you're good at counting cards and you're just really, really intelligent with a photographic memory or whatever, they will kick you out if you start winning at the gambling tables, winning in the casinos. They will simply say you're not allowed to play. So let me make this more clear. They have the system rigged. And you're not allowed to outrig the riggers. You got it? You're not allowed to compete with the Federal Reserve and make money. (laughs) You know what? The counterfeiters at the Federal Reserve don't like competition. Okay? And you will be crushed. You say to me, Sam, all you're doing is destroying hope. No, I'm not. Don't lie to me now. I'm not Judge Judy. Come on now. The truth is I'm telling you reality. Just because you get an exceptional win here or there, don't apply that across the board. When you lose all your resources, you can't help the real sacred cause of liberty. Help folks at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Help us over here at Liberty Roundtable Live, the Loving Liberty Radio Networks. Help TV. Help BrighteonRadio.com. Help Mike Adams. Help us. Help all those who are really fighting for liberty, folks. We need you. We desperately need you and your support, okay? But when you lose your house... And when you're so wrapped up in fighting the one-trick pony that they've set the stage against you, okay, you're not going to win. All you're going to do is lose everything you have and be completely derailed from the fight. You say, well, Sam, your, your plan's not working. You've been on the radio 25 years, and you haven't made a difference. I think we've made a tremendous difference. Look, until we educate enough Americans to get larger numbers, we're not going to move the needle on liberty. There's just not enough of us. Look, you go to a county of 10,000 people, a very small county in the U.S., 5,000 people, whatever you do. Okay, you might have 50 that are patriots and that are active. Okay, I don't mean to be rude, but 50 out of 5,000 or 50 out of 10,000 ain't enough people. If you have 5,000, 50 is 1%, right? 500 is 10%. Okay, so you know what? You're not going to move the needle with 50 people, no matter how frustrated, no matter how irate, no matter how angry, no matter how right you are. It doesn't matter. There's not enough to move the needle. And even though you're frustrated with that, and even though you feel like, well, Sam, all we got to do is get the sheriff. You know what? The sheriff and 50 people isn't going to be enough in a county of 5,000 or 10,000. When you get these big whopping counties, for example, I live in a county of probably 800,000 people. Okay, if I get, you know, even what? 8,000 people? That's 1% of 800,000. That's the equivalent, right? 
I can't get 8,000 people to agree. I can't even get 1,000 people to agree and stand together hardly. Okay? So all I'm telling you, folks, is, look, I appreciate your efforts, and I appreciate your frustration, and I appreciate your desire to just do something. What I hear people say to me, too, Sam, is when I when I really beat them at the argument and show them how what they're doing is folly and doesn't work, they'll say one of two things. Either I'm on the errand from God and I can't explain it, but God will win my battles. And then the second thing they usually say to me is, Sam, um, you know what? You're just too negative. You're bringing me down. You're discouraging. You're leaving with me with no hope as if somehow I'm at fault for pointing out these truisms. Look, I'm not at fault, but our system was designed to not let the 1% change the game. Our system was designed to not let the few get control over the many. And you say, well, Sam, our cause is just. Our case is winnable. I, I don't think so. Our system is designed to prevent it, whether it's the bad guys or the good guys. See, you have to have enough good guys. Even though we have a constitutional republic, and even though they're supposed to be bound by the contract, meaning they, meaning those whom we elect and appoint through elections, uh, they're supposed to obey the rule. Yes, they are, but when they don't, unless we have enough of us to literally change the game, it doesn't make any difference. The criminals go free. That is by design of our system, folks. Because if 1% could get control, I mean, it might be today, it might be us, the good guys, but what about tomorrow when it's not the good guys that organize themselves into 1% that want to change the game? See, even though our system is frustrating and even though our system seems completely broken, it's working exactly as intended. But until Americans get incensed enough, frustrated enough, in great enough numbers, you will not move the needle. Okay, in my county where there's about 800,000 people, I've got to get at least 25,000 people to make even 3%. Do you read me loud and clear, ladies and gentlemen? If there's 800,000 people in the county, 80,000 is 10%, 8,000 is 1%, right? So i got to have 24,000 people to get 3%. 24,000 adult voters willing to take up a cause in my county, not my state, my county alone. Do you see what I'm saying to you? And so I don't mean to be negative. I don't mean to be discouraging. I don't mean to waste anybody's time. But I also don't want to be foolish. And I want you to be effective and productive in the fight ladies and gentlemen I don't I don't want anyone to be harmed and to lose what we have we must stand together or we will hang separately is the point and I'm talking about virtual hanging if you will right that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about and so I want people to be healthy and happy and safe and prosperous and and do we need to fight our government yes do we need to start somewhere? Absolutely. Do we need to leap to war thinking we've tried everything else? See, that's folly. They'll just crush you. Oh, we should secede from the... No, a bunch of states tried that, and that didn't work either, and I did it. 
Yeah, 600,000 people died in the process of that battle that turned out to be for naught. I don't mean to mock those who fought for liberty back in the day. I agree more with the South than the North, but I agree with both sides. And ultimately, I'm glad we're together as a nation. Okay, but again, don't go for these secession. Don't go for these um, Article 5 convention movement. Don't go for the things that really, in my opinion, just dismantle the checks and balances. You somehow think by gaining, well, just temporary dictatorial power that you can right the boat. You can't. That isn't the way it works. Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The U.S. Department of State ordered all non-emergency government staff in Shanghai, China to leave immediately. The Chinese Communist government, in response to surging COVID-19 cases, is tightening pandemic restrictions exponentially. The city's 26 million residents are ordered to stay home, no exceptions, not even for food. Shanghai last night, people are screaming for food from their balconies. Russia's invasion of Ukraine appears not to be going too well. President Putin is blaming his old colleagues at the Federal Security Bureau, that's the successor to the KGB, or the quagmire. Putin reportedly removed more than 100 agents from the FSB, and his government sent the head of the department responsible for Ukraine to prison. For more information, visit us online at usaradio.com. We are USA Radio News. Let's see, something costs less, but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the Texas plan to bus migrants to Washington, D.C. is a publicity stunt. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton on Fox News claims the White House has lost on the border crisis, and he wishes it was only a publicity stunt. wish it was only a publicity stunt. She doesn't understand the reality or doesn't care about the reality of what's happening on the Texas border, and then ultimately what's happening to all of our states, because really every state is a border state now, affected by what's going on along the border, because we have a massive increase in drug overdoses. We have had COVID spread around. We've had all kinds of crime issues. This is a real issue. This is not a publicity stunt by the governor. 
President Biden is expected today to announce new steps his administration is taking to address rising gasoline prices across the country. His plan includes the Environmental Protection Agency issue an emergency waiver permitting year-round sales of E15 gas or ethanol gas. Biden will make the announcement in Menlo, Iowa, later today. USA Radio News. back with you live ladies and gentlemen anyway i've talked about this uh, probably enough but all i'm telling you is folks i know people want to tell me that i'm wrong on this and i know people want to argue and sam you got to go back to 1871 you don't have a clue sam let me educate you sam so and so has been able to do this sam sam and they go on and on and every day when we get to the end we discuss this you know do you pay property tax do you pay income tax and you know what you say well sam i don't pay either well, then I'm telling you, you're going to melt down and get in trouble eventually. Um, do you uh, use Federal Reserve notes? If you do, then you're not really willing to get out of the system all the way, are you now? And as long as you use the instrument of debt, what makes you believe that you can just obfuscate your responsibility um, to not be responsible for that debt? What may, Okay, we go on and on. What gives you authority to, to develop uh, your grand jury? What gives you, and we go right down the list and we just ask some very fundamental, clear questions, and they can't answer me. Okay, they can't answer me. Uh, and if, if the idea about the sovereignty movement really worked, then we could get rid of the IRS in mass. So I told that person I was talking to yesterday, I said, if you've been able to avoid the IRS, why don't you just get the IRS off all of our backs? You know, just get them to leave all of us alone. Well, no, Sam, because you have to take steps to sever the contract. You have to. And so, wait a minute. I never agreed to the contract. Well, yes, you did, Sam. You just didn't know you agreed to the contract. Well, I don't know if you know, in, in real estate and in other places, if there are contracts, ladies and gentlemen, if there are contracts that have, I don't know what you want to call it, hidden clauses, secret clauses, um, parts of the contract that people aren't privy to. It's called a double contract. All right, a double contract means that if that if you if you have parts of an agreement and or two agreements, part of them is not made known to one of the parties. All right? Then it is null and void as a double contract. It's fraud. All right? If you have a contract where you made two different agreements to the same transaction, um, then you've got a problem. All right? Dual contract refers to a contract between parties who have made two contracts for the same transaction. Okay, it's an illegal or unethical practice of providing two details. What does it mean? It means that one party isn't privy to all the details. All right. <clears throat> that is a problem. Okay. Okay. 
I, I want people to understand what I'm saying here. So I would say to those people who want to fight against this, you're involved in a double contract with your government. Uh, and your government is literally um, playing games and dishonestly leading you into this contract. So if I have somehow waived my constitutional rights, but since I haven't studied, then I don't know that I've waived them. Then that means that somebody in a contract somewhere has averted me. It's a double contract. So you say, wait a minute, Sam, you know, when you get your driver's license, you sign that you agree to everything. Yeah, but those everythings are in all kinds of other sub-documents. They're in uh, issues at the county register or they're, you know, regulations that aren't passed or codified by law and they're this and that. And you're binding yourself to all those things. But if I don't know where they are and if they conflict with what we're agreeing to and or that I know, eventually you end up with this double contract scenario, folks, where the government's committed fraud. So I say to all you folks that want to go after the government, what do you do when the government committed fraud? Do you sue them and go to the same courts that committed fraud in the first place? The same legislative bodies that allowed double contracts to be created? The same? Okay, look, we're told the income tax system, to bring it right on back to the IRS, we're told that it's voluntary. But yet if you don't comply, we're going to take your house. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to fine you out of existence, right? How does that happen? Well, Sam, it's voluntary, but when you agree and sign on the line, you give your life away and everything else. You know, you sign under the penalty of perjury. And, well, do I have a choice? Well, yeah, Sam, you can opt out and put yourself in jeopardy. See, there's no good answers, but it's all based on this double contract fraud. Well, if it's that simple and you can prove the government's fraudulent, then why haven't you taken down all the government agents that are perpetuating the fraud? Answer, because they don't acknowledge and support due process. Answer, because they don't uphold the law. Answer, because they circumvent the law. Answer, because robed judge just does what he wants to do. Answer, because legislative bodies won't clarify uh, the truth of things. You know, there's been a lot of battles before the IRS. What happens in those real battles that go all the way to the mat you get a situation where the government says that Congress is responsible to interpret, you know, to clarify the law they made, says the courts. Um, then the Congress says the court needs to decide what's lawful and not. That's the court's job. And then you're left in the middle without any real resolution. Okay, this happens all the time in law where there's really this no man's land. And you and I are in harm's way in the middle of it all. It happens all the time. Anyway, I I want you to know that I care about this issue deeply. I'm not as confused as you may think. Uh, Don't call me, though. When I talked to the guy yesterday, too, I I was pretty cynical to him. And he says, Sam, you don't really want to hear what I have to say, do you? And I said, you know what? I don't mind hearing what you have to say. I called you back when you left me a voicemail because I'm willing to hear what you have to say. But... I'm tired of the same old arguments. At the end of the day, we come to this conclusion where I say, because you're using Federal Reserve notes, you're still in their harm's way jeopardy. You can't sever yourself from pieces of this double contract, triple contract, quintuple contract, whatever you want to call it, um, when you don't know what you've agreed to. When you sever part of it, you don't know what jeopardy you're in. 
when you use a Federal Reserve note, what are you agreeing to do? Well, Sam, I have to use a Federal Reserve note. I'm forced. Therefore, I'm not culpable for the, you know, uh, well, okay, what about the rest of it then? How do you get pieces of it that you want to divorce yourself from, but pieces of it that you can't extract yourself from and suggest that when these rogue agents don't follow the law, don't obey the law, don't believe in due process, all these, how do you figure you're going to have the upper hand against them? You know, when you file your affidavit, they may let it go now because they don't want the real issues brought all the way to the brink of resolution. They want you to be in fear. They want you to be in panic. They want you to be in jeopardy. They want you to commit crimes and felonies every day. That way they always have the upper hand on you. And they will not let these uh, cases come to resolution. Let me give you an example. Ammon Bundy literally went to prison for two years. Literally, when he came out, multiple juries said he was guilty of nothing. The grand jury in Oregon said not guilty. The government's guilty. And they tased the attorney in court for trying to say, okay, let's let my client go then, please. Then they went to Nevada. And the government was so criminal that the judge finally was forced to admit the criminality of the FBI and the Justice Department and dismiss the case. And everyone calls that a win. And I agree to some degree it is a win. But it doesn't change the fact that Ammon still spent two years of his life in prison for nothing. Guilty of nothing. And then on top of all that, to add insult to injury, I almost wish the courts went to, compl- the courts went to completion in the Nevada case. Even though the government was so corrupt, I wish the judge would have handed the government their head and held individuals responsible for their rogue activities and held them criminally responsible and start arresting IRS agents and FBI agents and Justice Department agents and CIA agents and um, land agents and all these different people, right? The BLM agents and everything that were involved in the criminal activity that the judge highlighted. But the judge dismissed the case and let Ammon go, but he didn't hold any of these other people responsible for their criminal abuses of the law. So imagine that. The judge says, the government's so criminal, i got to dismiss this case. But yet we didn't hold any government bureaucrats accountable. And what we did is we avoided transparency by dismissing Ammon Bundy's case. Because they didn't want Ammon Bundy, by force of law in a court, with the media watching and everybody else, force their informants to come out. And number one, we learn who they are. Number two, we develop a playbook of their internal dishonest rogue tactics. They don't want that to happen. So therefore, when somebody knows how to use the courts to force this on the the docket, on the transparency uh, docket, if you will, they're going to go ahead and dismiss the case and admit the government's criminal. As long as we don't really get all the way proof and accountability and transparency, They'll just simply say, well, hey, no harm, no foul. I'm going to go free. And everybody's clapping their hands. Hang tight. I got more. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, 
nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, I, I, I've gone on about this enough. But understand, ladies and gentlemen, we get into dual contracts. We get into rogue government agents. And I just want to keep people out of control okay, or out of jeopardy. All right, a double contract refers to a contract between two parties who have made two contracts for the same transaction. Sometimes one contract may be used to defraud another. Right? And that's what's going on here. And I've argued this, and I've had people come back and say, no, Sam, it's not a double contract. Well, now we're just debating... uh, semantics here all right if you have two contracts it's illegal okay and if it's illegal behavior by your government it's an illegal or unethical practice of providing two contracts for the same transaction okay but there's no accountability that's the problem. You can't bring accountability to the table. If you could, then would be making progress. I don't see any progress. These people that have these federal grand juries that are these citizen grand juries, they're not indicting anybody and then arresting anybody. They just put an indictment together and then nothing happens, right? Anyway, I digress. All right, a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast. We had on Lowell Nelson campaign for liberty.org, Ron Paul Institute.org, doing a phenomenal job. And we talked about the Utah County Republican Party nominating convention results. And you know what? Voting, believe it or not, was done on colored paper, not on clickers, and not on computers. The pieces of paper were uniformly cut so that they could be weighed on a scale a carefully calibrated and sensitive scale. And if it's if it's not close, then the scales work great. If it's close, then they count the ballots by hand. 
There were a lot of people involved in it, and Lowell believes that the local elections, at least at the GOP party conventions, were legitimate, were not fraudulent. They were counted. They were transparent, and I'm excited about that. But we talked about Utah County Sheriff Mike Smith received 60, 65% of the delegate vote, so he will not face a primary election. Again, I don't believe we have a, a constitutional county sheriff, Mike Smith. I'm not telling you that he's an evil or a bad person, but I'm telling you that I don't believe he's a good, honest, wise servant for the job. Okay, because I believe that he believes there's due process for people based on the IRS or some government lying to him about what due process is. Okay, so he says, well, you may not believe that this person's had due process, but the IRS does and I do. Well, now we're debating due process. But due process has fundamental elements that you cannot skip. Your day in court being one of them, see? But again, when rogue agents are just going to go ahead and dismiss things and ignore the law and ignore due process, you don't have a gig. That's my whole point about this, is you're accepting that they're going to basically interpret the law as you do, and then they're going to go ahead and just jettison or abandon their positions. When they've taken away your house by the IRS, they're not going to abandon that position, no matter how right you are. They're not. And even if they were to abandon their positions after they've already taken your house and sold it to somebody else, they can't unwind those transactions very easily. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, when they wear you down, even if you win a chunk of money, what good will that do? Okay, George Hanson, my good buddy that used to be a congressman out of Idaho, he tried to take on the IRS and they destroyed his whole life. They put him through diesel therapy. If you don't know what that is, you know, you got to research it. But they put him through diesel therapy. They ruined his whole life. And in the end, they said they wronged him and they paid him a chunk of money. But it's a day late and a dollar short kind of money every time. And I take the ranchers. I used Ammon Bundy as one example. He's been wronged big time. And I still don't think that justice has been done for the Bundys at all. All right. But again, he's guilty of nothing. But he lost two years of his life. The government's so rogue, but there's no accountability. The government literally dismissed the case, which we call a win, but it was really an effort to cover up and make sure there wasn't really transparency or accountability. See, that's the problem that I'm getting at. You can't win when it's rigged. And if you start winning, they will take you out of the game. With rare exception, you're allowed to have a little win if there's a greater reason to let you win. So Ammon Bundy was allowed to win. Uh, but you know what? It's because they wanted to say, you know what? We're the bad guys. You're the good guy. You can go home now. But no one's pushing the good guys to go to prison. No one's creating transparency in the system so we understand how egregious the government was. All we've done is let the Ammon Bundy situation uh, turn into a July or January 6th situation. All we've done is let the government expand the abuse, right? Anyway, we strongly recommend homeschool or private school for parents who want to protect their children from the corrosive influence of critical race theory, CRT, or social and emotional learning, CEL. All of this indoctrination is just evil. You know, you can opt out of some things without consequences. That's why I really tell people to get out of the government schools while you can. Get out of partisan politics while you can. Jettison 
all the parties. Jettison your government schools. You can opt out of a lot of things, and you'll make more difference doing that without putting yourself in legal harm or jeopardy than some of the other choices people are making. But the Disney company now quits Russia, and not a moment too soon. There's an article over at LewRockwell.com that's very good. We also talked about the military situation in the Ukraine. Jack Bod is who wrote that article. Hour two of the broadcast, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley with us. And we talked about U.S. claims based on intelligence on Russia were made up. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, your government literally made up information, propaganda against Russia. All right, U.S. propaganda, ladies and gentlemen, has no basis in truth or reality. It doesn't matter. They now blatantly, openly, in your face admit. It doesn't have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. Three different U.S. officials going to MSNBC News. They say that's simply to preempt the Russians. It doesn't have to be accurate or factual. What you've got now is the United States creating a world of endless war. It's the war of information. Alex Jones proven right on this one, right? It's the war going on, the info war. Your government's literally lying about Russia to the people through the media. And saying it doesn't matter if we're lying. We're trying to get ahead of the Russians and stop them from doing what they might do if we don't lie. Why do we love war, ladies and gentlemen? Whether it's an information war, whether it's a war against the average citizen, why do we love this stuff? Because we're a people that have turned against our God, that's why. And we love a lie more than the truth, societally speaking. Fifteen. That's all. One five out of 50 Republicans were willing to define or define the word woman when they were asked. 15 out of 50. The Democrats, 0 out of 50. Ladies and gentlemen, that means in the Senate out of 100 senators, 15 were willing to literally double down and define a woman, and the other 85 were not. Over two-thirds of the Republicans, those are the good guys, right? Not. Those are the guys that wouldn't define woman either. I'm glad for the 15 that stood up. I commend them. But there's so few, we don't have any power. That's the problem. There's so few of us. For example, Mike Lee is far from a perfect senator, but he might be one of the top two or three senators at least doing his best to keep his oath of office, doing his best to obey the Constitution. But there's plenty of challenges for Mike Lee now. Now, there might be little competition. Time will tell. If somebody starts putting big money into a campaign, the game could change in a heartbeat, couldn't it? I did that. A guy by the name of Thomas Richard Glazel, I think is how you say his name, got arrested in Pennsylvania after putting Biden decals on the gas pumps. So this is an example of where you're dying on a hill that you ought not die on. People are like, hey, these are great bumper stickers. My response is, yeah, but you're violating private property. You don't have the right to put those bumper stickers on gas pumps. Do you understand they're not your gas pumps? Therefore, you can't do that. Right? That's the issue. That's what's going on. So anyway, I digress. I just want to tell you that, man, we, we've got to find ways to work together that are productive. Okay, we have got to think outside the box 
And you know what? We need to elect a county sheriff that is constitutional. But I'll never get it done in my county of 800,000 because the masses don't know, don't care. Literally, even the delegates who you would hope would be educated in the Republican Party, 65% said we don't even want a primary challenger against this guy. But he's unconstitutional. He doesn't believe in the due process. All right? So I want somebody else, but I'm the very few. Me and my 50 buddies, me and my 200 buddies, we're not going to get anywhere because there's not enough of us. Do you get it, folks? What we need to do as patriots is move to smaller towns where we can have greater numbers to move the needle. Then we can develop constitutional counties. Without that, though, I'm not even so sure that constitutional counties can work. Who's going to create them? There's so few counties that are even willing to discuss it, much less put it up for a vote with their county commissions. There's very few that will have the sheriff and the DA and the county commission and all three branches of government get aboard. That's what it takes, ladies and gentlemen. Really, that's what it takes, folks. Right? Anyway, I digress, except I'm telling you, wow. I love you all. And I want people to be safe and effective and productive, and I want solutions on the table. There are people working on solutions, and we're here to tell you about them. There are things within your control that you can do that do make a difference. Starting a media service is one of them. I've done that. Right? I've done that. All right? But you know what? That's not all it takes. We've got to have enough people involved in a variety of ways to move the needle. And we don't have even close yet. Well, in certain parts of the country, do we, Sam? Yeah, some. In certain parts of the country, we have more than others. Oklahoma as a state's doing very well. They're voting for pro-life. They're really working to get a constitutional governor in place. They're really working to have constitutional peace officers, sheriffs, help and stand in the gap to make a difference, to protect the citizens. Okay, there's people in Texas that have made a lot of strides. But I maintain again, there's not enough of us. All right, hour one in the can, hour two simulcast with the Sheriff Mac Show. We've got a couple of incredible guests. Stay there. We'll do it in seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. individually every single one of them individual i'm coming after you every one of them i am christopher key has founded vaccine police and he will arrest tyranny then they can be hung up and they can be executed so this stops it stops here guys let's go in vaccine mandates for kids no mask mandates for little mikey heck no school boards have been put on notice no man is evil 
And I know man is all about money and power. It's open season on treason. Vaccine police are on patrol. Old Bill Cotchill, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when vaccine police come for you? Support the resistance. Go to vaccinepolice.com. Forget the woo flu. Back the blue. Vaccinepolice.com. Have you noticed there is something very wrong with the modern-day man? Are you a beta male? I don't think so. Beta! Sperm counts are cratering. Maybe it's male. Zero percent by 2050. But help is on the way. Keys to life.shop has products which are making men, men again. And by the NFL, PGA, and the NCAA. Too manly. Clinically proven to raise IGF-1 levels. Man up. Take off the dress. Visit keystolife.shop. Get your manhood back today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sheriff Mac Show simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm Sam Bushman, Vice President of Operations, and the good sheriff is in the house. Welcome back, brother. <laughs> Sam, it is so great to be with you this beautiful Tuesday morning. And you are correct. We do have an award-winning show today, and thank you so much for that. First of all, uh, you had incredible travels. Now you're uh, home for just a tidbit. The Posse is coming up today as well. We need people to remember. CSPOA.org. Join the Posse today. Just click on Become a Member, and then you can interact with the good sheriff. Uh, in addition to watching him on TV, you can actually interact and have a Q&A and a questions and a collaboration. It all happens at the Sheriff's Posse later on today, Sheriff. Uh, but best of all, though, you want to make sure people understand the constitutionality of your win over Bill Clinton, right? Well, obviously with our show today, Sam, being uh, from officers or former officers in Canada, uh, it plays right into what they're standing for, what I stood for uh, 25 years ago at the United States Supreme Court. And this is in, uh, the quote I'm going to give is in my booklet, Supreme Court case for state sovereignty, uh, the victory for state sovereignty, the biggest and greatest and most profound 10th Amendment decision in the history of America. And right from the United States Supreme Court. I'm adding into this on page two, I added in the forward a quote from Judge John M. Roll at the district court case where he nailed exactly and precisely why I sued the federal government. This will segue in very nicely to what we're talking about today with uh, our two guests. Quote, Mac is thus forced to choose between keeping his oath or obeying the act, subjecting himself to possible sanctions. Those sanctions, those possible sanctions were arrest and fines or both. And so this is just an amazing quote uh, and, and an amazing assertion from Judge John M. Roll, uh, former, well, the late John M. Roll, uh, who was assassinated in Tucson uh, back in uh, 2008, I think it was. Uh, anyway, uh, he was uh, uh, shot at the assassination attempt on uh, Congresswoman Gabby Giffords. Uh, great quote. Mac is forced to choose between keeping his oath or obeying the act. And, and when any officer 
is forced into that position, they should do exactly what our two guests have done and are doing. Amen to that, Sheriff Mack. Let's introduce the first one. Our first guest is Chris Vandenboss, and he's co-founder of a group called Police on Guard. He's a former police constable of about 17 years. He's an Ontario, Canada resident. He's a proud Canadian father of two boys, uh, and now he's standing up for liberty like nobody's business. Chris, welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show, sir. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, honestly. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about you and your involvement. Uh, you're a co-founder of Police on Guard. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about your service in, in Canada and then how you became the co-founder of Police on Guard. And then we'll talk about your brother and how he literally resigned as well, right? Yeah, he did. And I'll tell you how it got started. Uh, we witnessed the erosion of people's rights here in Canada throughout the, uh, the COVID pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And they were putting police in an untenable position to violate their oath to uphold the Charter of uh, Rights and Freedoms, which was put in place in Canada in 1982. And when we were witnessing pastors getting arrested, kids getting arrested for being outside without a mask, birthday parties being stormed by the police and people getting roughed up and, and taken out in handcuffs, we said enough is enough. And we stood up and we said we need to do something. So we penned an open letter, put it on social media regarding our oath and what was going on. And it went like wildfire. We had officers across Canada from BC all across to Nova Scotia joining on board. And we had Canada's top constitution lawyer, Rocco Galetti, offered to represent us pro bono in an Ontario action and now a federal action as well to hold our government to account and speak to the constitutionality of the mandates that they've said that we need to enforce against our oath. Now, Rocco has put out several press releases and done several press conferences uh, representing you guys and kind of highlighting the case and what it's about as well. How has that been received by the media, Chris? Well, the media here has been bought and paid for by our prime minister, who arrogantly admitted it at one of his fundraising dinners, where he admits to paying $650 million to get the media to parrot whatever it is that he decides they should say. So the independent media outlets are actually more than fair and they're reporting honestly with integrity, but the mainstream media has proven to not want to do their job of unbiased journalism. Um, we mentioned my brother leaving the police service as well, as well as close personal friends of mine that have resigned after esteemed careers without a blemish on the record, simply because they were being told to go out and do what the government says in violation of their oath. And they decided that they could not do that. It was a moral and ethical dilemma. So they resigned and they've moved on to other things as a result. And this is, this is recent. Um, and we're trying to do everything that we can to hopefully get Canadians to wake up to realize the gravity of what's happening here, because it's a slippery slope and we're getting pretty, pretty far down that hill right now. And what it also means in addition to creating a crisis where, Hey, you cannot keep your oath and do the bidding of what's being uh, virtually mandated. Uh, Richard Mack had that. Uh, that's why he went all the way to the Supreme Court and beat former President Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court over this very issue, whereas, hey, you can't serve two masters. What they're really doing over this is, is they're drumming out all the good, honorable folks who want to keep their oath of office, who do believe in checks and balances, who do believe in the good role of the proper role of government. Um, they're literally drumming all those people out intentionally, aren't they, Chris? It seems that way because we have officers that are standing up outside of, um, well, actually inside the walls, I should say. And they're, they're just simply making videos saying that they stand for freedom and for their oath. 
And, and one officer, Constable Aaron Howard, she said that she supports uh, maintaining her oath and supports the, the peaceful movement of the Freedom Truckers movement there uh, going across Canada, the convoy. And they're all getting charged. They're all getting charged under the Police Services Act, and they're going after them hard um, simply for saying that they are standing up for the oath that they took when they commenced employment as a law enforcement officer. And to me, that is extremely troubling because that's a complete degradation of um, what it means to be Canadian and to be a Canadian police officer. Well, what it also does in my mind is it is it jettisons the rule of law. Chris, then Sheriff. Well, it, it does, uh, because when we take an oath, it is to uphold the Constitution and the Charter, to be unbiased and to keep the peace and prevent offenses. And it does not say in our oath that we shall obey the edicts of the government of the day. The government is to adhere to the Charter the same way we are, and we we take that oath because governments change, and the law doesn't. It's foundational, and that's why we have to take that oath so that we can protect the Canadian public against any egregious breaches of their Charter of Rights and Freedoms, no matter who is in charge at the top of our governments. And they seemingly have forgotten that, but we at Police on Guard, we haven't, and we won't. Sheriff? Well, Chris, thank, thank you so much for what you've done. Uh, it's, it's an amazing miracle what you've been a part of. Uh, what, what worries me is, are you the minority? It seems that in the United States, maybe across the world and in Canada, from what I've gathered, that still most officers are just going along, just uh, following orders, just like a bunch of Nuremberg officers. Nuremberg, of course, uh, being the trials uh, or, or the area where they had the trials uh, for uh, Nazi uh, officers who uh, gave as, a, as an excuse in participating in the genocide that they gave the excuse that we were just following orders. We, You can't blame us. Is it still too much of that? And are you the... Uh, minority in this case or are most canadian officers trying to do this and and just don't have the courage or where does it stand i mean it it really bothers me that most officers here in the united states don't give a flip about the the oath of office that they take well i think it's hard to quantify in terms of a percentage of who is willing to adhere to their oath and who is not but what we're trying to do is wake people up to the realities of what their oath is and show them examples of how it's been breached over the last two years and i will yeah. say that there are so many fantastic officers of, of integrity and of good moral report that are inside the walls of policing trying to do the right thing and they are in turmoil because of what they're being told to do um, they might not be as forward-facing and willing to stand and speak as loudly as we have, but at the same time, our numbers are growing so fast because they see that we are being a light in this darkness and they want to do what they can to support in whatever way they can. So I do see it growing. I do see it changing. And the excuse of I was just following orders has never been a justifiable one. And when the, the chips That's are on right. the table and the dust settles, they're going to have to answer to it if they have engaged in things that were in contravention and contradiction of the oath that they took and, uh, it's not going to be pretty because we had an incident here, G20, about 10, 12 years ago, where they violated people's charter rights and freedoms arbitrarily, and they were charged. And just following orders was not an excuse then. And my my understanding, and my, if I were to make a prediction, it won't be an excuse this time either. And God thank heavens for that. for that, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Chris Vandenboss. He's co-founder of Police on Guard in Canada. Is the best website to focus on this? This is where I saw some of the... Um, uh, 
press conferences from the attorney representing you guys, constitutionalrightscenter.ca, is that the best place to go? So that is the best place to go to see updates on what Rocco is doing, but the best place to go to follow us, to get involved, to have your voice be heard and to find community with other people that are on the right side of the freedom fence is policeonguard.ca. We have all of our updates in our newsletter. We have a plethora of information for people to rely upon to get better educated as to um, what is going on here. And if they're an officer that took an oath or anybody that took an oath in public service, they, they can join us. And uh, they can join our chat forum as well and stay engaged and up to date on all the, all the updates that's happening. Well, we Please would certainly on like guard.ca, Sheriff. Yes, we'd really like to uh, continue and uh, have you as a partner with a, a CSPOA. We'd like to create a partnership. That's, this is a dream come true that we've actually seen officers standing now in Australia and England and Canada and uh, America and we we need this moral support to to I think to be more cohesive and to show that there's that this isn't an anomaly that officers are good people and that they're standing and that we're doing something about this and another question I had you said the officers are moving on to other careers has that been difficult or are they being blackballed are they unemployed uh, is is making a living uh, difficult or impossible, or is everything fine? And are some are some trying to leave the country? Well, my closest personal friend, he was a sergeant with the police service that I. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. we need this moral support to, to, I think, to be more cohesive and to show that there's, that this isn't an anomaly, that officers are good people and that they're standing and that we're doing something about this. And another question I had, you said the officers are moving on to other careers. 
has that been difficult or are they being blackballed? Are they unemployed? Uh, is, is making a living uh, difficult or impossible or is everything fine? And are some, are some trying to leave the country? We need this moral support to, to, I think, to be more cohesive and to show that there's, that this isn't an anomaly, that officers are good people and that they're standing and that we're doing something about this. And another question I had, you said the officers are moving on to other careers. Has that been difficult or are they being blackballed? Are they unemployed? Uh, is, is making a living uh, difficult? or impossible or is everything fine and are some are some trying to leave the country Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you so, believe that God... You know, I'm, I'm not criticizing that decision, but as Chris Vandenboss, his brother, and many others leave, I'm fearful what we're going to end up with, Chris. Well, there's a, a founder of policing. Um, his name is Robert Peel, Sir Robert Peel, and he was a British fellow and an officer. And he actually wrote the principles of policing that Canadian police agencies teach. And they, they train us on when we get hired. And one of the foundational statements that he made about policing is that the people are the police and the police are the people. So police on guard can stand up all day long and we can make our voices heard all day long. If we don't have the people standing with us to support us, to make their voices heard, to do their part, to democratically and unviolently seek change, then we are just another voice that blends into the crowd. And we need the people to remember that they are the police as well. And that if they stand for the charter and the freedoms of the Canadian public with us, we'll have a lot more momentum in winning this thing and holding those accountable that are seeking to to take these freedoms away. Sheriff Mack, that's exactly what we're saying. That's the whole purpose of the CSPOA. A sheriff can do a lot of good or a police officer can do a lot of good and uphold the law and provide due process and everything else. But uh, if the people don't back them, they're uh, on their own. They'll be hung out the dry all by themselves, Sheriff. Well, yeah, that's exactly correct. And 
uh, it's amazing uh, the parallels that we have in this whole thing here and the work that we've been doing. But primarily speaking, CSPOA is all about peaceful and effective change in America. People must be left alone to run their own lives and government is here to make sure that the playing field is, is level for everyone uh, and that there's uh, no uh, fraud and theft and rape and murder uh, and, and that everything is equal for everyone, not equal stuff, but equal opportunity. And, uh, and that's uh, the role that it, it appears that governments throughout the world have, uh, uh, well, not just forgotten, but intentionally strayed away from. And so again, we are all about peaceful and effective process. And it looks like about the only uh, possibility for that happening, happening in America is through our CSPOA because it's just gotten way out of hand. There is no hope in Washington, DC. Now, one question I would have, what form of government does Canada really have? And what form of government are they supposed to have? Well, the federal government operates on a federal level, and then we have each provincial government underneath that. Um, so both operate on different levels, like they can make federal legislation and mandates. But when it comes to things surrounding health, the provinces decide what they're going to do inside their own walls. Um, so, but unfortunately what happened, and I'm sure you guys are well aware that the World Economic Forum has their fingers involved in all of this. The, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab brags about how he has Justin Trudeau in his back pocket and that he has cabinet members and ministers in his back pocket as well. And when Justin Trudeau brought forward the Emergencies Act to stomp on peaceful truckers that were assembling in, in a democratic way, um, right. it really ticked off a lot of Canadians. There was millions and millions of Canadians standing with the truckers and he knew that his time was running short in my estimation, because then he joined forces with another party that was an opposition party to come up with an agreement to hold him in power until 2025. So he can avoid an election because the temperature and climate here in Canada is people are downright sick of this man acting like a tyrant in what should be, you know, a bastion of freedom in the world. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt Canada the, the should stand in the light, as a light on a hill with us, huh, Sheriff? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chris, well, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate what you're doing. Please keep in touch. Uh, th this uh, partnership that I've been talking about, we'd love to stand with you, beside you, and, and uh, work with you any way that we can to make this happen. And uh, we'll send over a hot air balloon uh, to see if you can make that to Vegas. <laughs> Go ahead and pick you up. Well, man. I'll have I'll happily jump in it, even though I don't like heights. I appreciate you guys so much, and I, I thank you for the time today. It, it is a pleasure and an honor to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Vandenboss with us, policeonguard.ca to learn more. That's policeonguard.ca. Also, constitutionalrightscenter.ca to see what their attorneys are doing. Tremendous work. Thank you so much, Chris. Another incredible guest from Canada coming up in mere seconds. You are watching The Sheriff Mac Show on Brideon.tv. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. 
locked in, the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show, my brothers and sisters. Are you a member of the CSPOA Posse yet? We pray you join today, CSPOA.org. One of the great solutions in America, the county sheriff, America's last hope. And that's what we do our very best to support those who are willing to stand in the gap and protect the sacred cause of liberty, who honor due process, who believe in the checks and balances that made America great. Chris Vandenboss was one of them. Policeonguard.ca is his website. And Chris brought up this policing fundamental principles in a Canadian context. That's really important to understand because there's literally checks and balances. There's almost a code of ethics written in to the history of policing, ladies and gentlemen, over time. I mean, man, Magna Carta on through in the United States and similar in the great country of Canada. Our next guest equally is riveting. He's a corporal. Well, he used to be. His name is Danny Bulford, and he's now with Mounties for Freedom. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with you today. Now, you are a former corporal in the RCMP. Tell Americans what they are, or I should say people of the United States, what the uh, RCMP is. It's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So it's nationals. It's uh, Canada's national police force. Police force. Now, it's, it's kind of unique from what you would be used to in the United States. Uh, because we are the federal police, so we fulfill the mandates of the the Secret Service, the FBI, the DEA, ATFE. Plus, we do provincial policing on a contract basis, so that would be like your state troopers. And then we also do municipal policing in in a the vast majority of Canada. 
So throughout Canada, the RCMP are probably you know, the the police that most Canadians would interact with on a regular basis, unless you live in a large city centre like uh, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, you know, Vancouver. All of those larger centres have their own city police force. And then Ontario and Quebec are the only two provinces that have their own provincial police. But outside of Ontario and Quebec, the RCMP is the provincial police, the federal police, and the municipal police for the majority of uh, uh, smaller centers or smaller and municipalities. And how many members? How many members in that? Roughly sworn members. I think it's mm -hmm. roughly twenty thousand nationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for reg regular members that are actual serving police officers. Okay. And how long did you serve? 15 years. Yeah, I joined I joined the RCMP in August of 2006, went to the Depot Training Academy. It's one centralized academy in headquartered in Regina, Saskatchewan. From there, I was posted to the Yukon Territory. I worked there for just under seven years, and then I transferred to Ottawa to be on the uh, emergency response team. And that's where I have spent the last eight years of my career. Wow. You worked hard for 15 years, ladies and gentlemen, and then Danny resigned December 15th, 2021. He's an Ontario resident. He's a proud father of three children. He stood for the sacred cause of liberty the best he could, but you know what? Now it's become too much. Tell us about that. You were serving. You you, you were faithful. You were, Everything was good, right, Danny? Yeah, I... I... I had, I had made it, you know, by all standards. I had a good job, great team, good schedule, good pay, good family life. I had kind of checked all of the boxes of what would be considered, what most people would consider a life success. And then in 2020, for the first year of the declared pandemic, you know, I... I wasn't even really paying attention to what the mainstream narrative was all that much, you know, so shame on me for not paying attention. But our our unit, we made some schedule adjustments and began working in smaller designated groups, you know, unless an operation demanded uh, massing a, a, larger, a larger group. But for the most part, we were... You know, things didn't change very much for us other than scheduling and small debts, working in small debts. And so I, I, I hadn't really been paying attention to the, to the mainstream narrative because I've learned early on in my career that the mainstream news is biased and re doesn't report accurately, right? I mean, specifically because of how they report on police matters. So I'd, I'd, I'd found that like the left... The left media, they paint the police as if we're nothing but a bunch of thugs. And then the, the, the far right media has a tendency to be over sensationalized as well. So I don't really, I hadn't been paying attention to mainstream news for a long time, you know, p television or, or radio broadcasts. And so I had spent a lot of my time focusing more on independent media, podcast interviews, audio books. That's how, that's what I would listen to during my commute. And listening, like trying to educate myself on subjects I was interested in. And so 
for 2020, I hadn't really even paid attention to the COVID narrative very much because my life had been relatively uninterrupted. So it was my, actually my wife who started expressing concerns to me about what was happening in Canada in early 2021 and concerns about the new technology regarding the mRNA vaccines. And so that was when I started to do my own, I call it my open source investigation into the evidence of what was really happening here regarding the the handling of the pandemic and the the way that the government was behaving and the way that the media was reporting it you know um, i call it the official narrative the combination of the narrative from the government the mainstream media and public health and how that just was not aligning with the evidence that i was finding when i looked at both sides of the argument and how it was like a, a growing intrusion onto our fundamental rights and freedoms without any evidence to support that it was justified right and that's when we talk about our charter of rights and freedoms like our essentially our updated version of our bill of rights we did have a bill of rights or we do have a bill of rights um, from 1967 but then that was relative superseded by the charter of rights and freedoms which came into effect in 1982 and that was so that it would specifically apply to all jurisdictions uh, and all Canadian citizens at all time. My understanding from uh, Mr. Brian Peckford, former Premier of Newfoundland, one of the people who actually wrote the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, um, is that the original Bill of Rights was more just uh, a federal, federal legislation, federal jurisdiction. So the Charter was created to protect uh, the fundamental rights and freedoms of Canadians at all times, no matter what level of government you were dealing with. So mm-hmm. in Section 1 of the Charter, they talk about how it's subject to reasonable limits that can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society oh, and prescribed by law. So there's kind of four tests that are contained within section one of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms that would have to be met in order to limit the fundamental rights and freedoms that are prescribed in the Charter following section one. So, you know, the big ones that seem to be violated right now are, you know, section two, section six, section seven, 12 and 15. And so those are, um, I, I think that would be similar to your, the, the, your amendments and your bill of rights. I'm not exactly sure how it operates in the United States, but those are that, that outlines our constitutional freedoms, like our freedom of religion, conscious belief, um, our mobility rights or our ability to move in and abroad you know, inside of Canada with outside of Canada re-entry, our right to be like equal amongst under the law, you know, every individual. So that was what I was starting to see over and over and over again. And the pattern that I was watching unfold, you know, Canadian fundamental rights and freedoms have been under attack for a number of years now. Um, Specifically, it started with freedom of speech, which is probably always what it starts with, it seems to be. And so I had been paying attention to those issues prior to COVID, but I, I was operating under the opinion or the belief that like governments come and governments go, you know, the liberals are here in Canada are much more, 
um, a Marxist ideology is what I would describe them as, along with along with the NDP. The Conservatives in Canada traditionally have been. It would be more like um, the your version of the Democrats versus the Republicans. However, I think yes. even our Conservatives, even our Conservatives here in Canada, are probably about on par with your Democrats in the United States when it comes to ideology. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh so Canada's so, way wow. left of the U.S., which is talking about itself. Good. Danny, tell me the well, organization you resigned from again. I resigned from the RCMP, from the Royal Canadian it's Mounted the Police. RCMP. Uh, and yeah. you, one of the things I want to highlight is you had an incredible speech um, that really articulated uh, kind of the history, what happened, uh, how you got kind of sideways trying to defend uh, due process for people, etc., and protect their God-given government codified rights uh you gave an incredible 10 minute speech on this um mm -hmm. i uh, really respected your um explaining why you resigned exactly kind of what brought you to it because you felt like you had no other choice but to send a clear direct message that you know what it's freedom above fortune it's 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 God, family, country—it's—it's it's liberty above uh, employment—and you really sent that message boldly, nobly, and independently, sir. Well, yeah, I mean it—it—it it, it took me—it took me some time to come to that decision, that mindset that I was ready to. I knew that I was going to be under the microscope as soon as I started to speak out publicly, and so I. I mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly how that was going to look from a disciplinary side from the RCMP. I knew I was violating the RCMP's code of conduct every time I spoke out publicly that was critical of the force or critical of the, the current government. I was expecting the heavy hand of the RCMP to come down swiftly, um, and it, it didn't really. Um, I had to... Right away, I had to turn in my, my building pass and my keys, and I took that opportunity to gather my personal belongings because I knew that I was likely going to be off for an indefinite amount of time. And they had, my, my supervisors had received no uh, correspondence at that moment, or, or sorry, no direction from our professional standards unit. That would be like our internal affairs. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that that started to ring some alarm bells in my mind that like, okay, if they haven't come down with any kind of direction yet, my impression is that they're likely kind of working out how to best discipline me without creating a bit of a, a public relations problem. Because, I mean, that, that speech did get a lot of traction and it did get the attention of a lot of people. And so... And that and it's very, very uncommon for an RCMP officer to speak out against the force. That's pretty, that's very rare. And so that, that, that was when I started to kind of weigh my options about what was the best course of action for me. And when I was starting to do some research into that, I realized that, you know, they, they could really bring the hammer down on me if they wanted to, uh, career-wise and financially-wise, if I was terminated under, for misconduct. And... Mm -hmm. That in combination with the fact that I'd seen a pattern of behavior throughout my time in the RCMP that was clear to me that they didn't value the individual members 
and that my impression was that it no longer was about being good at law enforcement. It was more about the appearance that we were able to be good at law enforcement and that we were as a law enforcement agency, we were more, con, you know, at the, at the managerial level, it appeared to be more about appeasing political masters and advancement of senior officers than it was about actually doing a really good job serving the people and being competent at our man at fulfilling our mandate of public and police safety so that was when i i, I made the decision to officially resign and then i knew like i had that sense that like you don't own me anymore now i can right. be a truly independent voice because there is yeah, it is a paramilitary Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it, it is say, a paramilitary is organization. Stand, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to see here. This is the valiant stand we need Americans all across North America to understand. Look, Amen. you've got to have freedom above fortune. You've got to have some integrity. You can't just say for a paycheck, I'm going to sell out my country. Because what you're really doing is selling out your family. What you're really doing is jettisoning everything we hold dear, and you're passing to the next generation uh, literally tyrannical agendas. Danny Bulford yeah. standing up, doing a great job, ladies and gentlemen. He's an Ontario resident. He's a husband. He's a father of three. He's a spokesperson for Mounties for Freedom. What's the best website for you, Danny? Mounties number four, freedom.com. We, we started Mounties. out with MountiesForFreedom.ca, but then that site was attacked once our, our open letter to the commissioner of the RCMP went public. Uh, that website came under attack. So, But the, uh, one of our core members, had uh, he was switched on, and he had, he had contingency plans lined up with additional domain names. So then it shifted over to MountiesNumber4Freedom.com. All right. Tell me about TBOF.com. CA is that a website that matters we want to keep yeah absolutely so uh that's taking back our freedoms.ca so that's another group that i have uh, become involved with since i started speaking out on behalf of mounties for freedom and uh that is if you look at the board of advisors of taking back our freedoms that's a national group as well they have a representative in, in the majority of provinces and, and territories and they're very effective at lobbying um, provincial politicians and, and federal members of parliament. And they have a, a whole suite, I guess you could say, of expertise. They have, doc, like they have outspoken doctors and scientists that can speak to the medical science response to the COVID pandemic. They have a retired lieutenant colonel from the Canadian military who then basically ran the emergency management department for the province of Alberta for a number of years. So he was like a, a national expert in emergency management. Um, and he has been very outspoken about how, how we have done as a, at a provincial and federal level, the complete opposite of what the responsibilities and pre-approved pandemic plans in Canada should have been and were. And, and I can confirm that. Um, in Ontario and the federal level, we did the, our public health and governments did the exact opposite of what our pre 
written pandemic response plans were in regards to masking healthy people, lockdowns, suppressing early treatment, you know, attacking doctors for doing so. And, uh, and the immunization issue is a whole other fact factor in that. So taking back our freedoms, my apologies. It's chaired of the board of advisors is former premier of Newfoundland, Brian Peckford. So he's the last living member of parliament involved in, um, the creation of our charter of rights and freedoms, which is part of our constitution act, which is in right in it in section 52 of our constitution act. It clearly states that the constitution is the supreme law of Canada and that no law or regulation that is in contradiction with the constitution is of no force or in effect. And so we're led by Brian Peckford. And then we have a whole suite of doctors and scientists, lawyers like uh, uh, with the legal expertise. And then we also have myself, uh, Vincent Gersies, who's a retired Ontario provincial police officer and uh, Brian Dennison, who is a, a former Calgary police officer. And we're on the, like the law enforcement side of the board of advisors. And so I'm, I feel strongly that we have all of these various police or uh, these various freedom fighting groups in Canada, like Mounties for Freedom, Police on Guard. Actually, Mounties for Freedom grew out of Police on Guard. So I, and actually Chris Vandenbos was kind of my inspiration to launch into the freedom fight. But um, we're trying to unify all of these groups under one clear purpose and message. And I feel strongly, I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I've been working with this group, but I've seen how effective they can be that the taking back our freedoms group tbof.ca is probably our best shot at doing that on a national scale of uniting everyone under one clear message. And, and, you know, regarding the vaccinated population and the unvaccinated population, right? It's a, it's only a matter right. of time until everyone's freedoms are under are are under attack by our by so our federal Chris, government so and, and our said, provincial governments. None of you can leave Canada if you're not vaxxed, Nobody can leave Canada. Is that right? That's the current travel restriction. Yeah, um, you're not allowed and, to and, get on a plane, a train, yeah. or a large ship. It's yeah. astonishing, isn't it? How destructive mm. governments can be in the under the guise of taking care of us i mean mm -hmm. th that's just like communist dictators uh, throughout world history have done the same thing you can't go fascist ones too and let you do what you're told <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's that's astonishing yeah. uh, that we've come full circle to that all because they want to take care of us and and improve our health that's absolutely insane uh, Dan, thank you so much for what you've done. Uh, as I told Chris, we look forward to partnering with you guys and, uh, anything we can do, uh, please let us know. Uh, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't look like I could come to Canada because I'm not going to get vaxxed either. But, uh, if there's a way for us to come together, we, we certainly hope to be able to achieve that. Well, Their we will slogan, in the future for sure. Your freedom, our fight, Thank you. ladies and gentlemen. You gotta love it. That's what we're talking about in America. Mounties4freedom.com. Thank you so much, Daniel. We appreciate your time, sir. Danny what a great Colford, show. Everybody. CSPOA.org. God save the Republic.
Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Final segment on your radio. TV is finished. Sorry for all the disconnects and trouble. We're doing the very best we can with limited funds. And wow, we're all over the country doing the best we can for liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, a new study is out ranking states and their handling of COVID-19. And they say the Democrat states performed poorly on every single metric compared to the red states, uh, whether it's uh, mortality, the economy, schooling, it turns out that New Jersey, New York, and California, the three most liberal states, all blue states ranked the worst in all three categories. Utah, Vermont, and Nebraska won in all three categories. One piece of good news in this study, ladies and gentlemen, is that states which maximized the individual freedoms of business owners, consumers, workers, and parents, and the states that allowed their citizens to make their own assessments about risk-reward analysis and about government mandates, etc., had the best performance the report said, all right, other places had high death rates, high unemployment rates. Their schools were shut down longer than almost all other states. Utah, they say, was the best state with outcome regarding the economy, education, and mortality. High economic activity. And um, 
anyway, there you have it. I find that fascinating. It's very interesting. They say there was no correlation between dining restrictions. I don't know about that. But all I know is it's good work, right? It's a good start. It's great effort. It's people doing good things. Uh, now, Utah did not perform, in my opinion, constitutionally. They just performed better than the extreme liberal, uh, what do you want to call them, tyrannical states? Socialist states? Whatever word you want to use for this. Uh, I guess Utah and other states performed better. But all of them could have done two things. One, let the citizens live free. Two, provided guidance on the best ways to get well, leaving, or putting, I should say, everything on the table, not just whatever they wanted to promote. We could have jettisoned the federal government and said, we're not locking down here, we're not doing that. We could have stood with the Constitution. We could have stood with the idea that, look, we're not going to penalize people that are well. Even if they may be asymptomatic, we're not going to penalize people that are well. We're not going to shut down businesses. We're not going to shut down education. We're not going to take money from the feds. We're not going to. There's a lot of things they could have done that they didn't do. There's a lot to go. But the direct trampling of rights of citizens was much more extreme in some of these liberal states than in some of the conservative states, even though none of them were completely constitutional in their response. This just should show Americans, in my opinion, we need to work together. We need to have more patriots in the conservative states. And I know that might require people to move or take action, but how sacred is your liberty? Is it important that you flee to the Rocky Mountains, to states like Utah and Idaho, uh, or somewhere like South Dakota, or you know, is it important for you to do those things? See, I personally think so. Until Americans make real sacrifice like the Founding Fathers made, we're not going to see gains. Okay? Just remember that, will you please? All right, thanks for being alongside with the ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. Hopefully we made a lot of difference for you to understand that there are people in other countries like our great northern brethren and sisters in Canada doing a phenomenal job indeed. We thank Danny Bulford. We thank Chris Vandenbos. God save the